Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Duel of the Takes. Now, I know there were some technical difficulties with last week's episode, so thank you for bearing with us. Um, in these these trying times, the Craig was hacked um, by Russian special intelligence and corrupted every single audio file. Uh, I'm in their, their uh, mod server, and uh, apparently people were spreading uh, misinformation about the uh, war in Ukraine through Craig, and uh, Russia had to intervene. Those damn Russians. And that's why our wrestling episode was compromised. Uh, not for anything else. Josh, what are your thoughts on that? How does it feel that Vladimir Putin is actively silencing you and your wrestling podcast? I can't prove it, but I think Alden has something to do with it. That motherfucker. <laughs> well, yeah, Alden is the one of us that's on a watch list. Hey, now, I'm on three. <laughs> Speaking of people on a watch list, today's episode is all about Jared Leto. Is he the last great actor? Yes. Is he a hack? We're going to find out today. We're looking through every single movie that he has been in, theatrically released, no TV movies, no music videos. We're talking about feature-length presentations starring, or at least featuring, the last great actor, Jared Leto. Wait, this whole episode isn't about 30 Seconds to Mars? No. We can mention it in passing, but I'm not gonna talk about the music videos, now. Fuck, I have nothing to talk about then. God damn it, that was my whole shtick. <laughs> Top three... 30 Seconds to Mars song, Sekula. I don't know any of their fucking music. Bass. This is War song. That one's pretty good. I like The Kill. That one was in Guitar Hero World Tour. That was that was a fun song. I'm in his cult, so I don't like I don't actually listen to his music, but I just tell everybody that it's the best. I would join other band members' cults, not from 30 Seconds to Mars, but like other like I if uh, Bono started a cult, I would probably join that. Would you join Ringo's cult? No. <laughs> anyway, we're a little off track here. We are looking through the entire filmography, every the theatrically released movie uh, in Jared Leto's belt, uh, giving them a thumbs up or thumbs down. Now, I don't think anyone has seen all these movies. I hope for everyone's sanity that they haven't. Uh, I know I've seen 18. Josh, you said you've seen like nine of these? Yeah, like nine or ten, I think. If you've been around for a while, we're doing the Josh Gad format. Jared Leto deserves Josh Gad treatment after Morbius, and uh, this is how we're going to do it. For uh, for all those people that said the Josh Gad episode is our best episode, thank you for your support, and we're excited to disappoint you today. Yeah, we're really excited to have Jared Leto on the show. Um to talk about his movies. Um, up first, the first movie that Jared Leto ever did, How to Make an American Quilt. Bride-to-be Finn Dodd hears a, tales of romance and sorrow from her elders as they construct a quilt. Uh, starring Winona Ryder and Ellen Burstein. Damn, I like this cast. <laughs> My favorite Baldwin brothers here, Adam Baldwin, <laughs> represent. <laughs> Wait, it has what's-her-name from uh, The Graduate? Yeah. First movie in, and I want to watch this movie. I believe I've seen this. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at some pictures from it, and I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down just right now. It must be Secret Kino if it's got uh, Winona Ryder. Yeah, I mean, I like Winona Ryder a lot. This cast is good. Like, I would, I'd probably watch this movie. I don't think it's gonna be good. And Ellen Burstein is in other movies with Jared Leto that we will be talking about later, so... 
interesting that their paths crossed here. He is also like very low in the credits here. I don't. He might just have like a cameo. <laughs> the the um, the ratio of good actors to Jared Leto in this movie is really really high. I'm giving this a thumbs up. I would watch How to Make an American Quilt, even if the plot does sound really contrived. When I Googled it, most of the images are him from American Psycho because they both have the word American in the title. Um, so it was hard to actually see him in this movie. But when I found a picture. Uh, he looks really, really young, which is interesting. If I wasn't going to play Lego Star Wars after this, I might watch this. I'm going to give it a thumbs down just to even the score. All right. So first in the two thumbs up category, we got How to Make an American Quilt. Um, the next movie, uh, this movie has two titles. Uh, the current title is The Last of the High Kings. Oh, yeah. After finishing exams June 1977 near Dublin, Frankie spends the summer with his two friends, siblings and mom while dreaming of two cute girls and waiting for exams exam results college what? Sakula, did you watch the trailer for this no i did not can we watch it so the other title was summer fling mr frodo half the summer's gone already <laughs> peter jackson what were you thinking your frodo was right here here it is the color of money too college it's like the ending of dune <laughs> So what are your thoughts on that, friends? I'm giving it a thumbs up. I want to watch it now that I've seen the trailer. It doesn't look good at all. <laughs> I don't know why they named it High Kings. That's like, that doesn't, makes less sense than Summer Fling. Yeah, they should have stuck with Summer Fling. Both titles are terrible. No, it's not even called High Kings. It's called The Last of the High Kings. Is that me? Is this a movie about me? Bruh. I'm a High King. I'm not. I'm thumbs downing it. Thumbs down it. I'm thumbs upping it just to fuck with you. Yeah, I got a thumbs down it. <laughs> that accent was atrocious. So uh, during Nate's Wi-Fi breakdown, uh, Alden, uh, I have a question for you. If you could replace Jared Leto in any movie he's in with another actor... What movie and what actor would you replace him with? Okay, um, Blade Runner, and I'm not sure. <laughs> you just don't want him in Blade Runner. <laughs> no, I don't. Because I feel like you could get... He was good. No. Yes. We'll have that debate later. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I guess I'll bring it up later, but it, I just... Oh my god. He pissed me off so much. I think the only main problem I have with that character in that movie is the fact that he only uses the robots to see with his not eyes sometimes. Uh, he doesn't have them just swarming around him all the time. If you're blind and you have robots that let you see, why wouldn't you do that all the time? But instead he's like, no, I just only want to look at the naked androids Well, after before I kill them. I don't get it. There's, there's a whole lot more character that's built in the Black Lotus show. Oh, I want to watch that. It's decent. Isn't there a short film he stars in? Like his Blade Runner character? There's a short that is like before 2049. Jesus Christ. Hard reset to my internet. Um, I think me and Alden gave it a thumbs down. Sakula gave it a thumbs up. Mostly to fuck with Alden. That's fair. I'm giving this a thumbs down. I think The Last of the High Kings does not look like a good movie. Neither does Summer Fling. It gives me that vibe of like, a, I don't know, an old cheesy shit movie. And I love those. Those are like some of my favorites. It's definitely a rom-com. 
It looks like a bad version of, like, Say Anything. Like, it looks like a cheap imitation of a Cameron Crowe movie. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like that vibe. I'm, I'm into it. And from the trailer, like, some of the scenes look interesting. I don't know. It looks like something that I could totally, like, just sit down and enjoy while I'm probably doing something else. And for that, I give it a thumbs up. College? Wait, isn't college in Scotland not college? It's university, isn't it? Well, this is in Ireland. No, Dublin. Do you guys remember our time in uni? That was great. <laughs> yeah, I love going to uni. Up next, we've got Prefontaine, the Steve Prefontaine biopic, uh, starring Jared Leto as uh, the first ever Nike-endorsed athlete, uh, cross-country runner. Oh, my God. Steve Prefontaine. Uh, iconic mustache in this one. Oh, I love the mustache. Wow, that's great. I love the American flag. <laughs> <laughs> Also, the Adonis body of our Lord and Savior, Jared Leto, is great. Oh, God. This looks like that picture from, uh, what's that Tom Holland movie, The Devil All the Time, where he's just in the truck. <laughs> that looks like a picture of me 10 years ago. Uh, what's our thoughts on his first biopic here? Um, he definitely looks, like, in shape. Like, that's the most, like, jacked I think I've ever seen Jared Leto. Have you seen Morbius? Which doesn't make sense for a track runner. No, doesn't kind of doesn't really make sense as a track runner. You're right. He's a runner. He's a track star. Look at that. He kind of looks like Zac Efron here. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I think Zac Efron could have done this probably better. I'm gonna give it. This is my first thumbs down. I don't know if Zac Efron in 1997 could have done a better job. <laughs> no, I want a remake of Prefontaine, which that with Zac Efron. That's what I want. So we're gonna remake this movie. Yes, this shot for shot, but instead of uh, Jared Leto, it's Zac Efron. I think Zac Efron is like 10 years older than Steve Prefontaine was when he died now, so I think this this project's lost a time. Yeah, well, he looks, he still looks young, so he could do it. Based on the life of Olympic hopeful Steve Prefontaine, a long-distance runner who lived in Oregon and died young. What a great synopsis. I love how the poster says two thumbs up, so I think we need to have two thumbs up here. It's a Siskel and Ebert review. Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up? Yeah. I'm giving two thumbs up. I only have one thumb to give, but I'm giving two. I'm giving this a thumbs down. I saw this movie. Uh, I was supposed to have a cross-country meet in seventh grade, and there was a thunderstorm, so they just pulled us into the gymnasium, and we all, both teams, watched the Steve Prefontaine biopic. Bruh. Alden, are you giving it a thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs downing. Well, actually... It demands two thumbs up. It says it on the poster, Alden. Yeah, I'll thumbs up it. Then I'll thumbs down it. <laughs> Alrighty, up next, we've got Switchback. Uh, this stars Dennis Quaid and Danny Glover, and it's about an FBI agent to catch a serial killer who kidnapped his son. Pretty straight to the point. What, is Jared Leto even in this movie? He's Lane Dixon. The iconic, unforgettable character of Lane Dixon. There's so many, like, slightly older white guys who you've seen in movies but never know their name. Like, William Fincher's there, Walton Goggins is there. Goggins is the best last name of all time. Brent Hinckley. It's all the white guys in movies where you're like, I know that guy but I don't know his name. <laughs> Dennis Quaid is the is the epitome of that. I just found a list on IMDb of of like actors that fit that category and it was 37 people and I only recognized two faces. Jeb Stewart? Jeb? What else has this director done? Die Hard? From the writer of Die Hard and The Fugitive. Wow. Holy shit. Switchback. I'd watch this movie. This looks like a good rainy afternoon with my dad type movie. That's a fucking great description. This could be secret Kino. Uh, yeah. I'll thumbs up it. 
Thumbs up. Let's do it. Is this getting three or four thumbs up? Uh, three. I will thumbs down that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. It looks like Jared Leto's barely in it. Uh, that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Up next, Basil, the marvelous Mrs. Basil. <laughs> A lonely young aristocrat in turn-of-the-century England struggles to meet the approval of his overbearing class-conscious father while trying to please the selfish woman he loves. Yikes. This looks like the cover of a romantic novel. This does look like a paperback. And why does Christian Slater look like (laughs) Qui-Gon? He does. Oh my god. I've seen this. (laughs) And why? I don't know. Someone with everything has everything to lose. Go back to the poster. What's that blur in front of them? This motion blur thing here? I have no idea what's going on. This is this is a terrible DVD cover. It looks like a like a little remote control car just drove across while they were photocopying it. I don't buy him in turn of the century at all. No. He's too I don't know how to phrase it. Yeah, this is a thumbs down for me, though. Yeah, there's no way I'm watching this thumbs down. Alden, as the only person who has seen Basil on planet Earth, what'd you think of it? Um, to keep it short, it's a definitely a thumbs down. <laughs> I like Christian Slater a lot. Yo, dog, I heard you like Jared Leto, so don't watch this movie. All right, up next, Urban Legend. This was the pick of the week. Uh, some of us watched this in preparation. I did. What was your thoughts on Urban Legend? Was it awesome? No. A, Jared Leto's barely in the movie. That's a good thing. I, I mean, no, it's not. Because, I, I mean, I don't know if we've made this clear in this recording until we started recording, but... Uh, I'm I am on the side of Jared Leto. I believe he is one of the last great actors. I don't. I, I think that his curse is that he continuously gets cast in shitty movies and has not so great directors uh, trying to hone him in. It's like a Nicolas Cage situation. Nicolas Cage can do fucking anything, but he also will take any movie. If you say, hey, do you want it? And he'll say yes before you even finish. So therefore, Nicolas Cage is in a lot of cringy and shitty movies with, with... This Urban Legend movie is a franchise. There's multiple sequels in that too. No way. Oh yeah, this is definitely like right after Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Like, what more can we do? A college student suspects uh, a series of bizarre deaths are connected to certain urban legends. So this sounds like the Scary Box podcast, the movie. <laughs> When I was watching the uh, opening scene with like the guy in the back seat situation uh, at the gas station with the creepy guy, um, I literally I was like, oh, Mandor handhook car door, the origins. And uh, Aaron had no idea what I was talking about. I don't even know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Nope. You don't know Mandor handhook car door? All right. Every time I visit Sakula now, we have to watch an urban legend sequel until we finish the series. Oh God! I think there's three in the. I think there's three sequels, four movies total. <laughs> Mandor hand took car doors an old green text that describes um, like a couple who goes to a gas station and it's like creepy, and then uh, they step outside, or the boyfriend steps outside, and then he doesn't come back, and then the girlfriend opens the door, and there's a hook on the car door, but the last, like the whole thing is written really creepily and eerily, but then the last line of the green text just says Mandor hand took car door. It became a meme. And it's also associated with the story of like, oh, the creepy gas station clerk. And then they drive away and then there's a guy in the back seat and he kills her. And It's like the same story, different context. I will say, I don't think the concept of this movie is like bad or anything. Like, I wouldn't even mind if they tried rebooting this. It's just boring. There's nothing going on. If they were more self-aware, I think it could be a fun movie. I, uh, I'm still going to give it a thumbs up, but not great. 
I like that Robert England's there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I'm not. This is a thumbs down from there. <laughs> what about you, Alden? It's a thumbs down. It looks like the two thumbs up category is going to be the popular one, which is interesting. Maybe. It's usually the middle of the road that things tend to fall on when you rank shit. Well, we've got The Thin Red Line, uh, the Terrence Malick war movie starring uh, Sean Penn, Nick Nolte, and uh, Adrian Brody. There's a lot of great character actors in here. You've got George Clooney, John Cusack. It's quite the cast. Woody Harrelson's there. Adaptation of James Jones' autobiographical 1962 novel focusing on the conflict at Guadalcanal during the Second World War. This this falls into the category for me that you were saying earlier of like, this is a movie I would probably watch on a Sunday with my dad. I bet if I asked my dad, he's seen it. The thing is, like, there's so many great World War II movies, and I feel like this movie kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Doesn't mean it's a bad movie or anything. I like Terrence Malick a lot, so I'd probably watch this. I'm surprised I haven't seen this all the way through. I've seen scenes on TV, but that's about it. There are a lot of World War II movies, though. Yeah, you're right. My dad would probably love this movie. Yeah, this is getting a soft thumbs up from me. Same. Yeah, same. Alden, do you want to glorify World War II with us? He's going to be a contrarian. No, I don't think I am this time. The cast is too good. <clears throat> I think I have the same situation where I've seen scenes on TV, but... I'll thumbs up it, I guess. All right, four thumbs up for the thin red line. Interesting. Up next, black and white. A group of white high school teens become involved with Harlem's black hip-hop crowd. Written and directed by James Tobach, starring Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., Jared Leto's there, Scott Can, uh, Claudia Schaefer. This is a wild, like, this is wild. So just based on the description alone, this is by far the worst sounding movie so far. Yeah. Yeah. Crime. <laughs> Drama. Music. Eesh. I feel like... Ben Stiller specifically, and probably Robert Downey Jr. don't want people to know this movie exists. That's kind of the vibe this is giving me. This is a big thumbs down for me. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the trailer because I don't even want to watch it. Oh, here we go. Yes, a trailer. What the fuck is going on in this trailer? Is that Elijah Wood? <laughs> Did he do this during Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Can you be ghetto without living in the ghetto? Are you fucking kidding? Oh my gosh. What is this editing? I feel like I'm watching the whole ass movie right now. <laughs> Mike Tyson's in this? This is the longest trailer ever made. This trailer is three minutes long. I'm out. This looks bad. Thumbs down. Josh, are you ironically watching this? No, I'm giving it a thumbs down. All right. I'm assuming a thumbs down from you, Alden. Yeah, I'd like to point out we didn't see Jared Leto in the trailer. It's so bad. It, it didn't, we didn't even need it. Up next. This one's popular. We've got Fight Club. Woo! Are we going to finally talk about Fight Club on this podcast? Didn't we talk about it during David Fincher ranked? We did, but not for very long. <laughs> that's the first rule. Yeah, that's true. We can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. Thumbs up. Well, for those of you that don't know, an insomniac office worker and devil may cry soap maker from an underground fight club that evolves into much more. That's a really bad description for this movie. That's a very vague description. <laughs> Mischief, mayhem, soap. Uh, Alden, I have a question. Oh, God. What's uh, your opinion on Brad Pitt's hair in this? It gives me Arnold vibes from the first Terminator. I want you to have that hair this summer. <laughs> well, he's not. He's going to have frosted tips. Well, yeah, but he can still have it in that style. It'll just straight up look like a Scooby-Doo movie extra. 
good. I like this movie a lot because there's kind of this subcategory of movies that Jared Leto's barely in and gets his ass kicked or killed that are great movies. And this is the first one of those. And I think it's a perfect role for him. Uh, he's good in this movie. So your ideal Jared Leto role is him getting his ass kicked. Yeah, Fight Club is is this is a thumbs up for me. It's a good movie. It's a very very good movie. It's one of my one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, movies. Uh, I don't think that this would be high up on my personal Fincher list, but it's uh, it's a it's a good story. I like where where it goes, and uh, the ending's iconic. Shout out to the Pixies. Uh, thumbs up for Meatloaf. Thumbs up for Meatloaf. The podcast would get cancelled if we if we thumbs down this movie. The network would cancel us. What network? <laughs> the network, as in Parolsky? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, up next we've got Girl Interrupted. Alden, what's your thoughts on Girl Interrupted? Oh no, this looks awful. This happened to a buddy of mine once. Yeah, that makes sense. Based on Riser Susanna Kazan's account of her 18-month stay at a mental host- hospital in the late 1960s. Starring Winona Ryder, Angelina Jolie. This actually looks decent. Elizabeth Moss? This is an early performance from it's her. actually pretty good. Good movie. I'm a fan. I, uh, I like this movie. I've only seen it once. Uh, it was on TV. Had a had a weird vibe. Was kind of depressing. But James Mangold, he's a he's a very competent director. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Actually, I like Winona Ryder a lot. I think she's a great actress. And uh, yeah, this is kind of like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but real. Yeah, and and Jared Leto's a small character in it. Yeah, he looks like Grizzly Adams. <laughs> He looks like George Harrison. Very good. Very, very good. I'm a fan. I like it. All right. So a thumbs up from me, a thumbs up from Zakula. What about you, fellas? Thumbs up from me. Thumbs up from me. Wow. Four thumbs up for Girl Interrupted. Oh, are we going to have three? Up next, American Psycho. Um, Probably my favorite. I mean, spoiler alert. This might be my favorite Jared Leto performance. (laughs) Definitely one of the best movies on this whole list. So that's Christian Bale. Uh, It's probably my favorite Christian Bale performance as well. Yeah, definitely up there. A wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his co-workers and friends as he delves deeper into his violent hedonistic fantasies. of this movie's a trip. It, uh, I really like where the story goes, and it's very different from the book, too. Uh, I think this is a very, very great movie. Willem Dafoe's incredible in it, and, uh, probably my favorite scene that features Jared Leto is, uh, the hip-to-be-square monologue scene. Feed me a cat, you know what I'm saying? I have some videotapes to return. If that scene was made in the, like, late 2000s, would he be talking about the Black Eyed Peas? If the movie was set in 2012 instead of 1989. Did you come up with that joke, Nate? I think that's a tweet from you. I think so. Uh, thumbs up. Um, yeah, this is a thumbs up. Across the board, I think. Yeah. Of course, thumbs up. Up next, Requiem for a Dream. This is, uh, pretty much a two-hour-long PSA. Uh, The drug-induced utopias of four Coney Island people are shattered when their addictions run deep. Uh, Ellen Burstein's incredible in this movie. You also got Jennifer Connelly, Jared Leto, and Marlon Wayans. Also, Shooter McGavin, a.k.a. Christopher McDonald, plays Tappy Tibbins, the fucking TV guy that Ellen Burstein watches all day. This is a, it's a really weird movie, but I love this film. Uh, I can't watch it any time, but it's uh, very unique. Love the cinematography and the editing choices for sure. It's very East Coast. It, it's uh, the movie I wanted to watch the most out of everything uh, that was, you know, on the slate, and I didn't. But I want to, and it looks extremely good. So, thumbs up. Thumbs up. It's Requiem for a Dream. 
Alden, what's your thoughts on Requiem for a Dream? Do you think it handles its themes of uh, drug addiction well, or is it overly stylized and a little too preachy? I think I would have a great answer for you if I had seen this. I'll thumbs up it, though. Wow. Three. Uh, is that? No, that's four. Four thumbs up in a row. Alrighty. Up next, we've got Sunset Strip, a comedy that takes place over 24 hours on the Sunset Strip in 1972. Interesting premise. This looks fun. I like the... Uh the logo like the poster yeah very throwbacky something i'd wear on a t-shirt for sure is that jared leto yes is he just playing himself in this one <laughs> what, what's that nicholas cage movie that's coming out the unbearable weight of massive talent or something like that yeah we were talking about that earlier it actually like looks funny it does look really funny i want that but instead of nicholas cage it's jared leto and you're Pedro Pascal? I'm Yes, and I'm Pedro Pascal, and I get to hang out with Jared Leto all day. That's the movie. <laughs> it's basically like an Adam Sandler joint where I, uh, I just get to do what I want to do and then get paid for it and make a movie at the end of the day. I like the premise and I like the aesthetic, but the fact that there's only nine pictures in this uh, IMDb uh strip kind of leads me to believe that it's not that memorable or good i think i'm gonna thumbs down this one personally the imdb rating is 5.6 Oof, that's a low meta score too 33 i like the concept of a comedy that takes place in 24 hours like that that could be good yeah but we have after hours <laughs> true on that point thumbs down on this Thank you, Alden. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs are up. There's a thumbs up from John, and it makes its way into the one thumbs up category. Woo! Up next, another David Fincher movie. We got Panic Room. Ugh, a movie I've seen. A divorced woman and her diabetic daughters take refugee in their newly <laughs> purchased house's safe room when three men break in searching for a missing fortune. The three men that break in are Forrest Whitaker, uh, Dwight Yoakam, and Jared Leto. I mean, summary-wise, they got it. That's it. Jared Leto's got dreadlocks in this one. Yeah, he does. Look at him. Oh, no. Oh, God. I feel like white guy with dreads fits Jared Leto. Yeah. I think this movie was on HBO Max or something, and I just, like, clicked on it. Or it was, like, on some streaming service, and I just, like, clicked on it to, uh, I was like, oh, David Fincher ranking this week. I'll watch Panic Room. And I didn't know uh, until the opening titles were happening and I just see Jared Leto. And I'm like, oh, dad, I accidentally watched a Jared Leto movie again. <laughs> yeah. uh, thumbs down for the dreads. For the cornrows, I mean. He's so weird in this movie. He's so weird. He, he like, walks into this movie and it feels like he's in a totally different movie than the rest of the cast. Yeah, I agree. He's like a Batman henchman. Yeah, I don't love Panic Room. I think it's one of the weaker Fincher movies, but, yeah, I think I gotta give this one a thumbs down, just because in the context of Jared Leto, this is starting to be the downfall. Yeah, thumbs down. Was there a rise? <laughs> I mean, we just placed... Four in a row in the four thumbs up category. I think he peaked. Josh, have you seen Morbius? <laughs> of course there was a rise. It's happening. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. This movie's pretty mid. All right. Is that zero thumbs up for a panic room? I don't think it's that bad, but there it goes. Yeah, I'm thumbs downing it. All right. Up next is Highway. Oh, my God. After Jack gets caught with a Vegas mobster's wife in bed, he's got to hit the road. Jack's best friend pilot accompanies him and the pair set off an adventure akin to Kirox on the road. Uh, starring Jared Leto and Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal plays pilot. He plays our friend pilot. Uh, I'm giving it a thumbs up. It looks good. I want to watch this movie. Yeah, that is a weird haircut. This is a weird movie for Gyllenhaal to do at this time. 
Why does he look like Edward Cullen? Oh my god, look at Gyllenhaal's hair. His hair, uh, Gyllenhaal's hair looks like Lip from Shameless. This is like definite Bubble Boy vibes. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, I said I dislike the hair. Actually, he's got a mullet and I love it. These shots look like they're all from different movies. <laughs> look at that mullet though. Damn, that's awesome. I might give this a thumbs up. I kind of want to check this movie out, like watching the screenshot. This is like when we watch the screenshots from like, uh, I forget, but I think I'm giving it a thumbs up. Pr primary colors? <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm giving it a thumbs up for that glorious mullet. I'm giving this one a thumbs down personally. I don't think I'd like this one. I don't know if I'd like it. But, but you are intrigued enough to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs up for the same reason. All right, so three thumbs up for Highway. Up next, we've got Saul Good. Jared Leto has an uncredited cameo role in this movie, uh, playing wannabe rock star, which I think is kind of funny. Prequel to Better Call Saul? The prequel to... 30 seconds to Mars. Yeah, this this trailer's bad. I think we watched it once. <laughs> Saul Good has led an easy life thanks to his charm, good looks, and quick wit, but now he faces eviction and the threat of having to get a real job. He also meets the most beautiful woman he's ever seen, but she can see through his lines. Academy Award winner Octavia Spencer. She is in the trailer. She does say the credits. Uh, you also got, like, Carmen Electra, Jason Bateman, Amanda Anka. This looks like the definition of an early 2000s comedy, and maybe not in a good way. I like the cast, but it looks like shit. Alden. Josh. Out of um, the whole cast, which uh, member uh, would you go to a Denny's with around like 3.30 a.m.? Jared Leto. Which cast member? Yes. Jared Leto. Obviously. <laughs> I don't want to be at a Denny's with Jared Leto at 3.30 in the morning. At a regular time, I would say Jason Bateman. At 3.30 a.m., it's probably Carmen Electra. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alden. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to Denny's with anyone here. <laughs> wow, you're missing out on that fucking Grand Slamwich. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'd see Bo Baxter there, but I wouldn't go with him. <laughs> <laughs> Just like eating, eating like some pancakes by himself. Yeah, but wouldn't you sit at the same table? I wouldn't go sit next to the guy, no. <laughs> I'd throw a french fry at him. You're at like the uh, like the bar type setting some Denny's have where you drink your coffee if you're like there alone. What did these taste like? America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was an IHOP commercial. Damn it. <laughs> the red, white, and blue pancakes. Anyway. Damn, I kind of want waffles now. Denny's best commercials are the memes that come out. I can't even tell you the last time I saw a Denny's ad. Yeah, they're that base. They don't need them. Thumbs down from Sekula. You guys giving this a thumbs up or thumbs down? I forgot what the movie even was. <laughs> it's all good. Thumbs down? <laughs> Are you sure? Thumbs down for sure. All right, four thumbs down. <laughs> up next, this one's interesting. We've got Alexander, the uh, Alexander the Great movie starring Colin Farrell. You got Angelina Jolie. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Rosario Dawson, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Val Kilmer. Holy shit. The waste bin of actors, according to one of us, uh, Christopher Plummer, and yeah, Jared Leto's in here for a little bit. I stand by my take on Val Kilmer. Wild. That is one of the worst takes on the history of the show, and I'm so mad I wasn't there for it. Val is out here on probably my top ten favorite actors of all time, and there was so much slander on that episode. Is that why you told me to watch Kiss Kicks Bang Bang? 
<laughs> Maybe. Yes. Okay. Honestly, Alden, you'd probably love that movie. You keep saying that, and I keep not watching it. You know, I also say that about Gangs of New York. There he is, guys. Jared Leto in uh, Alexander. This movie looks bad. This movie looks pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, look at Colin Farrell. I just Why would you go with an Irish guy to play Alexander the Great? He doesn't even look like, we were talking about Jared Leto before, how we can't like buy him in like that century. I cannot buy Colin Farrell at least like looking like that in that century. I don't buy anyone in this cast except maybe Anthony Hopkins. The makeup in this. Colin Farrell in this movie looks like a uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. That's what Anthony Hopkins looks like now. <laughs> yeah, they just put old age makeup on him, and it's like, oh. Um, yeah, 2004's Alexander's thumbs down from me. I, uh, I think this movie's like four hours long or something. I just don't care. What's the, wait, what's the runtime? It's Oliver Stone. Yeah, it's three hours long. Who directed The Doors starring Val Kilmer, a great movie, Sakula. I'm sorry, did, did you say something, Was or was that The Wind? We're gonna have to do a Val episode, like when Top Gun comes out. When is Top Gun coming out? I don't even know if that's happening. Like 2025. <laughs> All right, Alexander, thumbs down from me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Thumbs down. Sakula, are you thumbs downing it as well? Yes. Up next, Lord of War. This is what we woke up to this morning, John. <laughs> um, I liked it. I didn't fin- I didn't finish it because I wanted to play Lego Star Wars. Um, but I- every single scene, I was actually having trouble turning it off because each scene is so interesting and so entertaining. Jared Leto's character is fantastic. Um, he gets addicted to cocaine and goes fucking nuts and gets to ham it up on screen, which is so good. I, I feel like him acting opposite of Nick Cage is a good option good a good opportunity for some terrible moments that are so bad they're great i i'm going to go back and finish this movie it it was it was very very entertaining (laughs) it almost feels like um if it went a step further it would be a parody so the it's about nicholas cage who's like a a russian guy who uh, grew up in in uh, brooklyn and uh he gets into like uh selling guns and selling them overseas and stuff and Jared Leto's his brother. So there's like lots of like super dramatic elements, but because Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage and the directing is not great, but the cinematography is. So it's like, it feels like a real movie, but then the actors start talking and you're like, what's going on? Yeah, like everyone's like Russian American, but there's not a single accent to be heard. Like it's very odd. Hey Josh. Alden. This came out one year before World Trade Center. Oh my god. What a run Nick Cage was on. This is uh, the same year as the first uh, National Treasure, I think. I think Ghost Rider was like two years later, I think. Is National Treasure... Oh wait, this isn't a Nicolas Cage one. We need to do a Nicolas Cage one. I feel like it's overdone. We thought about it, but there would be like 150 movies. And I will watch every single one of them. Alright, Sakula, if you watch every single Nick Cage movie by the end of the year, that will be the first episode of 2023. Done. Like, December 31st. You have till December 31st, 2022. I'm taking you on that. This is now on recording. (laughs) Yeah, it's now on the podcast. I'm gonna watch every single uh, Nicolas Cage movie that exists, and... uh... Can you do it by the 22nd of this month? No. <laughs> no. That's literally, even if I just let them play while I was at work, I couldn't do it. That's not possible. Okay, well, I'm gonna do it. Okay, you do it. I'm gonna finish them all by the end of the year. I gotta prepare myself for the unbearable weight of massive talent. No, and then you and I are going to go head to head in an episode where you're 
probably going to be fighting against Nicolas Cage, and I'm going to be fighting tooth and nail. You're drafting every Nick Cage movie, Sakula versus Alden. Wait, are we drafting the versions of Nicolas Cage in each movie, or are we drafting the movies themselves? The movies themselves. All right, hell yeah. I know I'm already going to lose because I'm picking Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> I don't know. That's like a pool of like a hundred movies. I'm giving Lord of War a thumbs up. I uh, didn't think it was a particularly good movie, but it was entertaining. Good background noise. Fine film. Thumbs up. It's like War Dogs, but not actually trying to say anything or do anything. I'm gonna thumbs down it. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. Fuck both of you. Because I don't think Sakula's gonna be able to watch every Nick Cage movie by the end of the year. I'm gonna prove you wrong, you son of a bitch. Alright, up next, Lonely Hearts. Based on a true story, two homicide detectives track Martha Beck and Raymond Martinez Fernandez, a murderous pair as the known as the Lonely Hearts Killers, who lured their victims through the personnels. Um... Jared Leto plays Ray Fernandez. Look at that poster. There's also John Travolta in here. James Gandolfini. Laura Dern. Salma Hayek. Oh, uh, Scott Can, the guy from Entourage. Haldo's in this? Thumbs down for John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> John Travolta wouldn't be a bad uh, last grade actor. I, I don't like his face, and I don't like it when he's in movies. Did you see uh, at the Oscars when he was just doing the dance from Pulp Fiction the whole time? Yeah. I mean, I'd watch this movie just because James Gandolfini's in it. Why does he look like Mikhail? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think it's interesting that they cast Jared Leto to play a Hispanic guy. That's very Josh Gad energy. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Selma Hayek's tits are like the main focus in the poster. Aren't they in most movies? They are. They are. I guess they are. I, I didn't even notice. I was too busy distracted by like shot of John Travolta looks like he wasn't like aware that the camera was pointed at him. Everyone else is posing. It's like the Irishman poster where they're all looking in different directions. <laughs> he looks like he's literally trying to hold in a big shit. Yeah, so we got a thumbs down for John Travolta. I think I'm also going to give this one a thumbs down. I like Salma Hayek. I like James Gandolfini, but yeah. something about this just looks kind of distasteful. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I'm giving it a thumbs down as well. This movie just looks like shit. Thumb upping this one, Alden? Should I? Because I will, but it's a thumbs down right now for Jared Leto's hair. It's sponsored by Keeps. Jared Leto's hair in Lonely Hearts. All right. One thumb up. Up next, chapter 27. Uh, this one's definitely distasteful. Uh, a film about <laughs> Mark uh, David Chapman in the days leading up to the infamous murder of Beatle John Lennon, starring uh, Jared Leto in a ton of prosthetic makeup to make him look uh, more obese. God, the penguin looks much different when you're watching it on a computer screen, screen than in a, in a theater. <laughs> Imagine watching this movie. Is that Lindsay Lohan? Oh, jeez. Is that Lindsay Lohan? Holy shit. I'm thumbs upping this because I'm so intrigued. It, it just looks like a like a trip, like a like a movie that I would watch and hate every second of, but be glad that I watched it. It's a no from me, dog. This feels distasteful. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. It's like they tried to taxi driver. Is this movie uh, connected to um, uh, the movie where everyone forgets that the Beatles exist? Oh, yesterday? Same movie, same, same same universe. It's the 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 uh, Beatles cinematic universe, the BCU. Why is he not showing up in the top cast? Because he's trying to erase this one from existence. He's literally at the bottom of the cast. I feel like this could have been a good movie, but I don't think like it doesn't look like this is something I would like. I think it, there's a way to probably do this story that would be not distasteful, and I just think that. 
something about this rubs me the wrong way just by the look of it. Is that really prosthetic or did Jared Leto gain a bunch of weight? Because it looks really good. A little bit of both, I think. That looks better than the, the fat suit they had Thor in. Oh, yeah. It gives me a, a, a fucking what's his face? Batman. Christian Bale. Yeah, it gives me Christian Bale vibes. Jared Leto commits to roles like he's not a bad method actor. He's just, you know, sometimes he commits to movies and roles that aren't good. And this to me looks like one of those. That's what I was I've been saying from the beginning is that Jared Leto's biggest flaw is that he keeps getting cast in shit movies. I, I don't think it's his biggest flaw. I'm giving Jared Leto a thumbs up and also this movie. Chapter 27 is a thumbs down for me. Josh Alden. I'm thumbs downing it. I'm uncomfy. Thumbs down. Mr. Nobody is up next. I know John's got a monologue on this one. Take it away, Sakula. This is one of my favorite movies, period. Like, top probably 10 uh, for me. Uh, I, I love this movie. I love the story it tells. Um, and then I think that Jared Leto is fucking phenomenal in it. Um, I think this is probably one of my favorite performances of his. Uh, he does a fantastic job he, he movie who hasn't seen this movie i've heard of it but haven't seen it so the plot basically is like four you're born in this universe angels uh, give you your philtrum you know like that that little thing uh on uh, below your nose um and that signifies that you've forgotten everything uh about like the afterlife um or before life i guess and before you're born you know everything that will ever happen in any alternate reality of your life um, so Jared Leto in this movie um, simultaneously experiences every possible future that he could ever have with every possible love interest, uh, whether or not he goes with his dad or his mom when they split up, um, every career path he could ever have, all the different ways he dies. And it's being told through the lens of him as an old man in the super cyber future uh, where sex is no longer required for procreation and people can live forever, but he's the last living like human that will die. Um, everybody else won't. It, it, there's so many crazy plot points in this movie. He falls in love with his stepsister, uh, who he met before they became step-siblings, which is nuts. It goes into a sane asylum, fucking... He's just... It's... it's. There's a lot going on. And I love every second of it. I watch this movie uh, multiple times a year. Great performance. Great movie. Could have used a little bit more love as far as, like, the people who made it. I think that um, it definitely... I feel like it got shortchanged. Maybe it was a studio thing um, because it didn't get a lot of, like recognition people don't like this movie they feel it, a lot of people say that it like rips off other movies which it kind of does but also it's it kind of feels like just using plot devices that other movies use anyway monologue over good movie thumbs up everything everywhere all the leto yep yeah that's the movie title um i do like this movie a little bit it is really weird it feels like um soft sci-fi but like high fantasy you know like there's there's science fiction elements but it's more of like oh no the world just like works this way and uh i like i, I actually like the jared leto performance in this movie but yeah i agree the budget just doesn't really seem high enough for what this movie's trying to do like a lot of the the prosthetic makeup is only decent and it has like kind of dated visual effects and things it, it makes me wonder what this movie would be if it were made with like you know 10 million more dollars or you know 20 million more dollars i am curious as to what the budget was for this because i reckon I, I reckon it was pretty low budget a, a bit of budget and a bit of uh like, you know, obviously I wasn't on set, but I feel like just from having made a couple movies, you know, ourselves, 
Um, I, I feel like the people who made this movie were not all communicating with each other, if that makes sense. Not everybody who was in, in the process of, of making, writing, acting, directing, editing, was on the same page as to what this movie should have been. And therefore, it, it comes across a little disjointed. Oh, this is interesting. The budget for Mr. Nobody was approximately $58 million, making it the most expensive Belgian film ever made. The shoot lasted six months in 2007, and post-production took over a year before effects and an edit was lost. Locked. It bombed. Yeah, they could have used six more months of, uh, of filming also. Six more months? Yeah, I mean, you said it was shot in six months. What they did in six months is nuts. Could have used a little more time. Put it in the oven a little longer. Um, yeah, I'm giving this a uh, thumbs up. I think it's a little underrated. I'll give it a thumbs up. Out of all the movies on this entire list, I think that this is the most underrated. Fine, I guess I'll give it a thumbs up. Wow, four thumbs up for Mr. Nobody. Fuck yes. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club. This is the one that uh, won an Academy Award uh, for Jared Leto's performance within it. Uh, what's your guys' take here? Good movie. Uh, terribly sad. I forgot Jared Leto was actually in it until Aaron reminded me that he's playing a chick. Um, good movie, though. Yeah, this movie's really fucking depressing, but I, I do like it. And I, I think Jared Leto deserved the Academy Award here, believe it or not. I think that the performance was very, very good. And I also thought it was surprisingly, like, tasteful. Like, I don't think he played it in a stereotypical way. Like... He played it earnestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is not what I think we would get now from Jared Leto. And he's acting opposite to McConaughey who i i mean dude he's so good in this movie it's kind of scary yeah yeah i don't think you could make this movie nowadays i'm like kind of on the fence about this movie because yes it's a great performance and everything but because of the overwhelming praise that jared leto got for this role in the academy award is the reason why i think like we have this whole jared leto method acting like annoyance yeah, that's definitely a problem. I think that fame and, and the world has gotten to his head, and that's why he's sort of like that now. I don't think that takes away from his acting ability. I, it, it is it is a problem, though. It is it is annoying, and it, and it permeates through like lots of new actors who feel like that's what they have to do to be great or be recognized as great. And it's like just just do a good job. You don't have to send used condoms to your crewmates. Just just do a good job. That's all. I'm the Joker, baby. Let me mail you a dead rat. I do think it's funny that he pranked Will Smith. <laughs> Wait, what did he do to Will Smith? When they were making Suicide Squad, he was, like, leaving rat carcasses outside his trailer and stuff like that. Oh, I did hear about that. Okay. I, I'm giving Dallas Buyers Club a thumbs up. I think it's an inc great acting across the board, a decent story. Yeah, I gotta give it a thumbs up. No, I'll give it a thumbs up. Is Jared Leto in more good, great movies than bad? Look at this lineup. It's, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, but look what's next. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. <laughs> What's the take here on Suicide Squad? Uh, it Jeez, was Suicide Squad really the next movie he was in? Yeah. Holy shit. I think they put out like an album in between those two movies. I never realized that. It was the ranked the worst DC movie when we did that list, I think. I don't really remember that episode. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was at the bottom. Yeah, I don't like Suicide Squad uh, much at all. I think the few, like, highlights and standouts are just and how bombastic that soundtrack is it's like holy crap they licensed a lot of like good music um and margot robbie is totally serviceable as harley quinn in my opinion i truly don't think this is the worst dc movie that's wonder woman too 
No, Wonder Woman 2 is pretty good. Yeah, Wonder Woman 2 is in my top five. Top five. What are you talking about? That movie was painful to sit through. I had to sit through it three times. I, I know. I'm going to contrarian on this. I'm going thumbs up. Um, and, and, it's, and it's for a couple reasons. Number one, um, I don't think that Jared led... I know that he... You know, I'm going to ignore all the fucking nonsense crazy shit he did preparing for the role because I can kind of understand it on a level of like how do you follow up Heath Ledger not like this for all this for 13 minutes of screen time it might even be less than that that's my main thing that's why I'm giving this a thumbs up because allegedly they shot so much more like scenes and 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 parts with Jared Leto in it uh as the Joker and because you know this movie got fucked to studio hell uh, none of those scenes ever saw the light of day. Um, and we only saw, you know, certain little snippets of it. And I don't think that it was his character, like, I don't think his version of the Joker was fleshed out enough to actually make an accurate take as to whether or not it was good or bad. If I think if we saw everything, we could accurately decide whether or not he did a good job or, he, you know, he did a good interpretation or a, a good version or because it doesn't have to be, you know, the version we know. It could be something different. When we get to the, the Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut, um, he does a good job there. Let's actually do the math here. How many minutes was Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight? I think 33. And how many actual minutes was Jared Leto in Suicide Squad? Like seven. Yeah. Six or seven. I feel like it's more. 33 minutes of the two hour and 32 minute. We've also had deleted scenes like come out. That's 20% of the movie, right? I think so. About 10 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the crux of what I'm saying. I just don't know what else that I could have seen in other scenes that would have proved me wrong, though. I mean, I didn't like his laugh. I didn't... The whole look of it is so weird. Like I get like, but he didn't decide the look. It's coming off of Heath Ledger, and it's supposed, and it's like they wanted to do something totally different from our usual Joker. But I don't know. I, I don't think he decided the look of the Joker, and I I don't I think that he did his best with what he was given, and I don't. I mean, I'm sure he had an influence. Maybe, but I don't. I don't get. To, I, we didn't get to see like what he wanted to do with the character. We just saw little snippets, and it's like if you take any little performance like that out of context, like because I feel like the context was removed. I feel like we don't know anything about. That. I think that's the biggest thing for me, though, is I don't care what he wants to do with the character. I hate the character. Don't think it's entirely his fault. Like obviously the costume and all that. Like I'm I'm not giving him full blame. I just don't want to see more of it. I also think that Suicide Squad's a bad movie, so I can't even give this a thumbs up. That's that's out of the question. Of course it is. Which one's better, do you think, Joaquin Phoenix or Jared Leto Sekula? Well, Joaquin Phoenix, obviously. Joaquin Phoenix actually portrays like an interesting character that has depth, but Again, he was given an entire movie to do it. Jared Leto's Joker, more so, is a plot device. He hasn't. He doesn't actually do anything. He's not a main character. He doesn't like have anything to do, and we don't get to see anything that he does. But I would also argue that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker may as well not be Joker. It's just a. It's like a king of comedy, like a reskin. Like it's 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 good. I like it. It's a fun movie. It's not 
I don't. I wouldn't call it the Joker, other than the fact that he wears clown makeup and laughs. And what's your opinion on the criticism of Jared Leto though, that they did a Joker movie so soon without him? It, it, I think it was a studio decision because, uh, like, I, I'm pretty sure a Joker movie was probably in talks for a while. It's still on IMDb, actually. This. Let's erase this from the cultural lexicon. Let's put a new Joker in the public eye. Untitled Jared Leto Joker project. Jared Leto. Jared Leto put that on IMDb himself. I don't doubt it. That's why he put 2025. He's like, one day, one day I'll do it. That's for Tron 3. Oh, you're right. There's a Tron 3? Yeah, it's going to be starring Jared Leto. Allegedly. Yikes. Plot unknown, third installment of Disney's Tron franchise. This is also one that Jared Leto put on IMDb himself. <laughs> Suicide Squad, it's thumbs down from me. Is anyone giving it a thumbs up besides Sakula? No. Even when I first saw Suicide Squad, I didn't even think it was like that bad of a movie. I've seen it four times. Upon every rewatch or every revisit, I just, especially uh, with how good the, the new one is, I just gotta give it a thumbs down. Like, it was just at a time where it was such a confusing and annoying time for to be a DC fan. See, I'm not gonna judge Jared Leto based on the shitty movie. Up next, we've got Blade Runner 2049. Uh, great movie. One of the best sequels of all time, in my opinion. Jared Leto's the worst part of this movie. While you were gone, Nate, they started this debate, so just resume that. <laughs> See, I haven't given any thought onto who should replace him in the movie, but I hate that he's in here. I disagree wholeheartedly. Well, it got worse when I was watching the same character in Black Lotus, where someone voice acting who wasn't doing a great job at that had a better character. It was annoying. It's annoying, it's off-putting, it breaks immersion. Every civilization is built on the back of a disposable workforce. It was just one of those situations where I think Jared Leto was in a totally different movie from the rest of the cast. That's fair. I like the movie he was in, though. I just don't think that like tonally needed to be as like edgy as it was like i feel like the cool thing about the original blade runner is like the main villain who's in tr in charge of the manufacturing of these replicants is just like some nerdy dude in glasses like yeah yeah like this tech overlord thing this guy's like literally manufacturing like clone slaves of replicants and it's really just like i guess if the there was a follow-up to it and i know there's the short film and stuff too that try to focus more on like that element of it i just think it's too edgy for what that world is like i don't know it detracted from the overall tone of the movie for me but it's still a fantastic film i mean you can't have production design and cinematography that good and the movie not be at least watchable i agree i i, I think that yeah it, uh, his performance in the movie is the only thing i don't like. that's the issue is his part, his character is the absolute worst part of the movie, like, by a lot. Blame him for what that character is. I think that that was the vision. Yeah, he hammed it up and made it even more kind of cringe to watch, but I think Jared Leto as an actor, he did as good as he could. That's why I asked Alden who he thinks should, like, replace him, because I feel like a, like, a different actor, like, could make that character more, I don't know, more interesting. I think there could have been a better performance. I just don't like the performance. The, the, the entire scenes that he's in boil down to the fact that he was written like that, 
And I think Jared Leto did a great job with what he was given. Weakest part of the movie for sure, but still a good movie. I think he did a great job, um, and I uh, I commend him. I, I think that he gets too much hate for that because it, it, it I don't even think that was his fault. Same thing with Suicide Squad. I don't think it was his fault. Jared Leto is the last great great actor. He just keeps getting cast in shit movies and giving given shit things to do, and he does his best with it. But you can't you know make a. But that's the problem. That's the problem here is that 2049 is an incredible movie. Yeah, you can't give the shit movie excuse. No, but no, but he was given a shit role. The direction that he was given probably wasn't bad. He just ruined. There, I don't think that anybody could have done that role better. I don't think that there is a unless you re unless you rewrite that character. I don't think that there's a better version of that character unless you change it and make it a different character, which is a better version of that character is animated, and that sucks. I also think it's ridiculous they didn't cast a real blind person in that role. How dare they uh, make Jared Leto pretend to be blind when there are literally tens of, of blind <laughs> actors in our It could have been Al Pacino our, again. Why are we... Yes, yes, actual blind actor Al Pacino. If we're going to go down the, the, <laughs> the, the woke route, then we should have uh, casted a real trans person for Dallas Buyers Club. Well, that was kind of the joke, was I, I gave that a pass, and okay. I'm, I'm aware, I'm, I'm playing into the joke. All right, Outsider. Um, I'm assuming Blade Runner 2049 is getting four thumbs up. Thumbs up for me. The Outsider. This is not the movie about greasers, unfortunately. Um, this is an epic set in post-World War II Japan and centered on an American former GI who joins the Yakuza. This is a Netflix original movie starring Jared Leto. This movie looks interesting. I want to watch it. I don't. I don't know anything about it other than what you just said. I guess I'd probably watch this if it was like just like on Netflix and that's where it was distributed. So I guess they like knew the market, knew the audience. This has given me like white savior vibes. Yeah, the fact that this was written by presumably an American about Japan after World War II. I don't like that. I want to watch this, but I am going to give it a thumbs down because I, I don't I don't know. This movie gives me bad vibes. Yeah, I don't really know if I have a strong opinion on this. I feel like if I watched it and liked it, I'd probably not be surprised. But I don't think there's any intrigue for me to ever turn this movie on. Like, it would have to be like I walk into someone's apartment and this is what's playing already. <laughs> you you walk into Sakula's apartment and this is what's playing already. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like, oh, hey, we're watching The Outsider. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's not the one with greasers? Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out. Um, yeah, this is a thumbs down from me. Yeah, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Oh, thumbs down. Up next, The Little Things. This was the f one of the first movies released uh, to HBO Max uh, in 2021. And what a start to the year. God, it was so bad. Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Bad movie. This movie sucked. It was very, very bad. I skipped this one, thankfully. It's like just Fincher imitation. Like they're clearly trying to make something along the lines of like a Seven or a Zodiac, but it's so not well done. It's so anticlimactic, it's not even funny. You've got two Academy Award winning actors playing terrible characters. Three. Yeah, you got Denzel there. No, I was counting Denzel. Denzel, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto are all Academy Award winners. I never count Jared Leto. I gotta say, I do like Jared Leto's performance in this movie. He was, when he was on screen doing his shtick, it was some of the most entertaining stuff. It is just Jared Leto playing a Jared Leto character, but I do agree. I mean, he's a good cast to play a serial killer. I don't know why there's any 
like controversy there. It's just Jared Leto doing a Jared Leto performance. Like, I don't know. I don't think this is like a masterpiece. I also don't think it's a total dumpster fire, but it's like not worth watching at all. Like, if this wasn't free on HBO Max, I don't think anyone would have seen this. <laughs> no, nobody would go to the theater to see this movie, and as soon as the first people did, nobody else would see it, because they'd be the people would walk out and be like, oh, wow, that sucked, and everybody would be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna, instead of going into this movie, I'm gonna just use my ticket and walk into a different fucking theater. I'm gonna go see uh, Sonic 2. Thank you very much. I did. It was fun. Yeah, thumbs down. All right. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, uh, here it is. More Joker talk. Thumbs up. He did good. This is a thumbs down from me. I'm going to thumbs down it. We are going based off of Jared Leto, so I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I know I've been a Snyder Cut defender the past, like, 50 times we've talked about this on this show. Yeah, I will defend Snyder Cut too, but I just... But I'm thumbs dumbing, <laughs> thumbs downing it. I dislike the Snyder Cut even more than Justice League 2017. That is insane. I think both movies are terrible, but one of them is an hour and a half longer. <laughs> okay. Not in the UK, it isn't. Okay, one of them is an hour and 12 minutes longer. <laughs> the self-importance of the Snyder Cut is just so, like, four of the six actors that are in the Justice League are no longer working with Warner Brothers. It's so cursed. I mean, I don't care about the, I guess, like, outside things. I just watched the movie and was, like, pleasantly surprised how much I liked it. There's really good sequences and stuff like that, but at the Oscars, they had, like, the best fan film moment or whatever, and it's, like, Flash going into hyperspeed or whatever. A scene that I forgot was in the movie and is laughably bad because he's running like he has, like, like, like weights on his feet. And I'm like, this is weird. This is the best moment ever? I don't think so. This was lame. Flash's run in the, in the, the Justice League and the Justice League are very weird. I don't understand. He, he does this weird thing, waving his hands forward and it's like I don't understand he's running in place but they're filming it like he's actually but I think Jared Letter did a good job thumbs up all right one thumb up for the Snyder cut um up next House of Gucci Josh you saw this one I did <laughs> movie sucks I at least was hoping like I'd get like entertainment out of it it's so fucking boring like I wanted to at least recommend it as like a maybe a fun thing to rift on but, like, it's just boring. When Jared Leto actually, like, I'm actually, like, debating a thumbs up. Because when Jared Leto is on screen, it's like, oh, okay, at least, like, something funny's going to happen. Like, at least I can make fun of something. The rest of it is so fucking bland. And you just have Lady Gaga way overacting while I feel like Al Pacino and other actors, like, know what they're actually, like, got into. But Lady Gaga's like, no, this is my Academy Award winning moment. And uh, it wasn't. I'm not trying to hate on Lady Gaga. I think she's very talented, but this ain't it. Yeah, I had no motivation to see this movie. It looked bad, and it should feel bad. And I am the Ridley Scott stand of the show also. <laughs> you are. I just feel like the movie was way longer than it needed to be. And, like, every single actor is kind of like they're in a different movie. It's very weird. It's like Lady Gaga's acting like this is some serious, like, Oscar bait. Jared Leto is straight up playing a cartoon character. Al Pacino's not even trying, which, I mean, he doesn't really have to. Uh, Adam Driver is, like, just playing the same character that he played in, like, uh, Marriage Story. I'm like, this is weird. This is a weird vibe. Yeah, it's got to be a thumbs down. Like, Jared Leto is actually more one of the more redeeming parts but it's still such a bland movie. 
thumbs down. Sakula, are you giving House of Gucci a thumb up? House of Gucci bad. Um, Jared Leto good. That's my take. So is that a thumb up? So is it a thumbs up? I wouldn't thumbs up his performance because he's fucking terrible. Uh, in that movie. The only thumb I would give up for House of Gucci is how the director decided, yes, we should use as much of Lady Gaga's ass on screen as possible, which is great, other than when Jared Leto is acting like a fucking ridiculous idiot, which is also hilarious. Um, But still, thumbs down. No, I'm not giving it a thumbs up. Okay, zero thumbs up for House of Gucci, our last movie. The the reason why we are so motivated into talking about uh, this this actor, this, this topic, got Morbius. How do you all feel about Morbius? Best movie ever. 10 out of 10. Yeah, 10 out of 5 stars, like, uh, perfect movie. I want Alden to uh, specifically describe that Matt Smith scene. You know what I'm talking about. No. Oh! The one where he's dancing in the bathroom and transforms into a vampire? Yeah. The Joker? That's my Joker 2019. That was so bad, and it was too long, dude. It was a full minute and a half of Matt Smith dancing in a mirror. I don't know what that... Sony is smarter than this. Are they? They've kind of been the worst studio for like a decade. Yeah, I don't know how you could say that, Alden. I guess. But you'd think at this point, like... Remember the interview? Yeah, but that was based. Uh, Was it? If you pissed off a country to the point that they threatened to nuke us, yeah, that's pretty base. For a movie starring James Franco and Seth Rogen, it's not the movie to die on. Like, I agree. (laughs) I remember people were genuinely scared to go to the theater to see that movie. Well, it didn't go into theaters, it's fine. It was like like every Batman movie. That's the only good part about that movie, because otherwise it's just fine. Anyway, Morbius. Uh, Morbius, very, very bad extremely bad. Oh, it sucked. It's the worst movie I've seen this and will probably be the worst movie of the Google like Morbius reviews. All of the people that I watch, every single one of them, like their titles and their thumbnails just said, don't watch this movie. Oh yeah, spoiler for that Matt Smith scene, Alden. Yo, spoilers for Morbius. (laughs) While we're just dunking on this movie, there's a scene at the end where they have Michael Keaton in it and it's fucking hilarious. The one that they show in the trailer? No, the one that they don't show in the trailer. He shows up in the Sony universe just out of nowhere and then he goes, "Hmm, hope the food's better in this joint. That's quite literally exactly what he says. And then he shows up in the in a in the vulture costume, which looks worse in this movie. I think like the they just couldn't CGI the vulture. They were just like, fuck it, let's just get something off of Blender. Well he in theory had to rebuild it. Well, but that's the crazy thing is it doesn't make any fucking sense contextually because there's no alien Chitari tech in the Sony universe. So wh- how did he build this suit? And he didn't even build it. The Tinkerer built it. So where is he? Did he also get put here? Did they just link back up? But then he just shows up and meets Morbius. And he goes, hey, guys like us, we should we should do a team-up movie. And then he winks at the camera and he gives a little kissy face. And then the movie ends. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, and that's why I think that Morbius is a thumbs up from me. Yeah, five thumbs up. The cultural staying power of a movie that is this bad... Um, that harkens back to a time when, like, superhero movies were, like, something people, like, actively dreaded. You t- you're talking around the era of, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, where, like, the first two X-Men were, like, some of the best superhero movies made. The Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies that were, like, low-key saving the genre. But there, for every single one of those, there was a really bad Punisher movie. There was a really bad Spawn movie. There was a really bad everything else type movie. And, like, I, I this to me feels more like an early 2000s superhero piece of shit 
movie than uh, like kind of in the same way that Wonder Woman uh, 84 was a throwback to like the 90s. We don't know what we're doing with superhero movies movie. This was a throwback to uh, we don't really care. This feels about on par with like the Electra movie or Catwoman. And I think it's really crazy that a movie this bad can still be made, especially by a studio that is hot off of the success of Spider-Man no way home like this is the direct follow-up in terms of output even if they pretty much just paid disney to make the movie for them also the follow-up to the great kino that is venom 2 right like venom 2 is like not a good movie at all but it's entertaining and it's short mm -hmm. and like morbius drags just realized the last time i saw a movie this bad in theaters it was also released by sony what was it sausage party it's better than Morbius. Yeah, but Morbius is a thumbs up. So you're giving Morbius a thumbs up out of pure nostalgia for bad movies. No, Morbius sweep. Yeah, hashtag Morbius sweep. Uh, you know, they made $29 billion uh, in the box office. It's the probably one of the biggest movies and best movies of all time. Like, let's unionize here, folks. Um, oh, geez. Let's give Morbius four thumbs up. Let's do it. Four thumbs up for Morbius. Best movie. Best Jared Leto movie. Let's do it. Let's join in the fun. Let's hold hands and walk into the sunset together. Four thumbs up for Morbius. <laughs> I'm redacting my thumbs up. Um, Fuck you. You motherfucker. Fuck Morbius. You tried to unionize a Jared Leto movie. I'm out. Thumbs down. Because Rotten Tomatoes is so scuffed, the tomato meter is a 17%, but the audience score is a 70%. <laughs> I, I love what that says about the state of American audiences. I like that there's people that went to see that movie and they were like, they walked out of it and they're like, yeah, that was okay. This is the same people that like Suicide Squad. Dude, it's already made 40 million. Well, now's the time of the show where we rank all these movies uh so what is the worst jared leto movie here are the ones that got zero thumbs up basil black and white panic room saul good alexander the outsider the little things house of gucci and morbius so i don't even know his role in it but it might be black and white <laughs> i agree <laughs> the fact that that movie's like just buried kind of scares me i think morbius has to go at the bottom uh for the meme. I think black and white is worse than Morbius. <laughs> then Morbius goes next. <laughs> Basil also sounded pretty bad. Just the fact that Christian Slater's there, I could probably laugh at this movie. I mean, look at him. He looks like Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> this is hilarious. I would rather watch a documentary about Basil, like the herb. It's based on a book. I, I don't know what they could do there. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, the Morbius is also pretty bad. I don't know. Morbius is atrocious. I feel like Saul Good is also probably terrible. Yeah, let's yeah. put yeah, Saul Good. I was good thinking about Morbius and then Basil. Saul Good, then then Basil, or is it Morbius time? Then Morbius. Morbius time, and then Basil. All right. Christian Slater's better than Morbius. Yeah, I agree. The last five in the zero thumbs up tier are House of Gucci, The Little Things, The Outsider, Alexander, and Panic Room. God, I feel bad that we bullied Panic Room. That movie's, like, way better than these other four. It's gotta be, like, Alexander, because none of us will ever watch it. No, I have zero intentions. <laughs> That's true, yeah. No, yeah. Good call, good call. And then uh, we've got House of Gucci. I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward the little things here. I, I feel like I'd rather rewatch House of Gucci than I would the little things. I'd re I'd rather rewatch all the rest of the movies that haven't been placed yet than ever watch uh, the little things ever again. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably House of Gucci next. For sure. For sure. Wait, what? which one's the outsider again? That's the one where it's World War II Japan and this guy joins the Yakuza game. Like, this is only uninteresting. 
I don't think it's bad. Like, I, the summary didn't win me over at all. I'm just like, I, I don't care. I think The Outsider actually should go here uh, purely because it doesn't have any Lady Gaga's, any of Lady Gaga's ass. Um, there's none of that going on in The Outsider, and therefore it's not as good as House of Gucci. Okay. Weird take, but sure. There's nothing else to go on. Panic Room is winning the zero thumbs up tier. <laughs> good, good job. Panic Room's actually not a bad movie. It's fun to shit on. Time for the next tier of bad Jared Leto movies. We've got Zack Snyder's Justice League, Suicide Squad, Chapter 27, Lonely Hearts, Sunset Strip, and The Last of the High Kings slash, uh, what was it called? Summer Fling? Chapter 27. Yeah. It's really sticking out. This movie just looks offensive. Even if it's not, I don't want to watch it. No, the Last of the High Kings looks fun. Which one do you think would be more attained? The Last of the High Kings or Suicide Squad? I'd rather watch The Last of the High Kings, for sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think Suicide Squad's next. I'm kind of thinking Lonely Hearts next. Like, although that cast is really good, like, I, I like James Gandolfini. I like uh, John Travolta in some things. Like, I, this just doesn't look like it. This looks like a made-for-TV movie about serial killers that are getting tracked down by two cops. Like, I, no, none of this looks good. And I like almost the entire cast, so it's it's giving me weird energy. Let's put it next. That's probably next. Sunset Strip also looks pretty forgettable, even though it's got a cool premise and branding. Yeah, it doesn't look that bad, though. Yeah, that's true. Would you rather watch The Last of the High Kings or Sunset Strip? Last of the High Kings. The Last of the High Kings. Last of the High Kings. Are we going to have to do a commentary track for this now or some shit? Not until we do a commentary track for The Fault in Our Stars. Double feature? <laughs> Double feature. Oh my god. I would rather watch The Last of the High Kings than Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm just throwing I that disagree. out there. I don't know if I can agree with that. Zack Snyder's Justice League's got some really fucking good things. It's got a couple of really great scenes. Like, unironically, there's a couple of good moments. But it's also three hours longer than it needs to be. I, I feel like this is a open and shut. Last of the High Kings goes next, then Justice League. All right. <laughs> it's okay. I think Last of the High Kings made it higher than it should have anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I think all these movies made it higher than they should have anyways. In the two thumbs up category, uh, Jared Leto movies that are okay. We've got How to Make an American Quilt, Prefontaine, Urban Legend, and Lord of War. How to Make an American Quilt. Yeah. I think Prefontaine might be a worse movie. Probably. Urban Legend might be the lo- worst one here, but the premise is fun. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't say Urban Legend. I mean, Urban Legend got a sequel, so that does say something. <laughs> so that that must mean it's good if it got a sequel. Yeah, Morbius 2. Morbius 2 train, let's go. Of these that probably is the least entertaining, my guess is probably how to make an American quilt. So, we'll we'll throw that here. Very boring. Quilt made in America. Uh, Prefontaine, I think, next, maybe? I think Lord of War is an entertaining movie just because you have Jared Leto and Nick Cage acting opposite to each other. And Urban Legend has a more interesting concept than a biopic about a runner. I think we go uh, in opposite order of how it is right now. Prefontaine, Urban Legend, then Lord of War. Um, it kind of writes itself. That's fine. Josh, do you agree? Uh, I would put Urban Legend above Lord of War just because it actually has, like, a fan base because it actually has sequels yeah see like obviously it's got a following and i respect that i think lord of war just is is better the bar is pretty low right now uh yeah i think urban legend then lord of war 
All right, Switchback and Highway, the ones that I forgot about, um, that are three thumbs up. Uh, Switchback, oh yeah, that's the thriller with the FBI agent tracking down the serial killer who kidnapped his son with like a crazy good cast. Perfect rainy afternoon movie with my dad type film. I, I like this one. I gave it a thumbs down just so I made sure we didn't have a lot of thumbs up. Yeah, and Highway is the one that I refused to endorse and all of you guys were on board with just because of the haircuts. So, uh, highway over it then, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, no, highway is, uh, is easily, uh, above, uh, switchback. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just get, I just get bullied, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I host my own show just to get bullied every single week. <laughs> the top nine? The Thin Red Line, Fight Club, Girl Interrupted, American Psycho, Requiem for a Dream, Mr. Nobody, Dallas Buyers Club, and Blade Runner... 2049. The order, though. Are we ranking these based on the movie? Yes. Or are we ranking these based on Jared Leto in the movie? Also, yes. Because th those are completely different ranking. I think there's some movies that are so good that, like, with the Josh Gad episode, um, actually, that list was pretty fucking bad. What am I talking about? Angry Birds 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Little Monsters might have been the only good movie in that list. Blade Runner could go really, really high here if we're thinking of it as Blade Runner and not as uh, Jared Leto's performance in Blade Runner. Sure. Um, if we're mixing the two, then I guess it should go somewhere in the middle. But that's 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 my main standout of all of these, because uh, the rest of them, I like his performance and the movie. Well, I don't think it needs to be exclusive. Like, it doesn't need to be a binary decision. Alden is based. He says numbers are not numbers. <laughs> I think The Thin Red Line is probably the weakest of these movies. I'm trying to think. Yes, I agree. Which one would be lower? No, easily, yeah. I'm putting Girl Interrupted. I was thinking either that or Requiem for a Dream or Mr. Nobody, personally. I don't want Mr. Nobody to go that low, personally. I, I, I think that Jared Leto outshines himself in that movie. In terms of what you were asking about, Sakula, I think Requiem for a Dream is a really, really good movie, and it definitely feels like someone's vision, and it's kind of just a PSA about drug addiction, like, and it's very graphic and very in-your-face. Unless you're our friend Nova, you're not watching this movie more than, like, twice. That's a factor, too. Like, I don't know anyone who would just willingly turn this on and be like, oh, I'm just gonna casually watch Requiem for a Dream. It's, like, kind of, like, just throwing on Schindler's List, like, that's not something you would do. That being said, like, I don't think Jared Leto's really good in this movie. I think he's outshined by literally every single person around him, including Marlon Wayans. So... That's hilarious. Everyone else feels like they're genuinely, like, going through it, the ups and downs of addiction, and I don't know if it's just, like, the tone or the fact that he has the most screen time, but it feels like his character is, like, a caricaturized version of uh, a drug addict. Yeah, it makes sense here. That works. Yeah, that's fine with me. Girl Interrupted, Fight Club, American Psycho, Mr. Nobody, Dallas Buyers Club, and Blade Runner 2049. What a list. Out of all the movies that we have left, I think it's the weakest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, tr I'm like, kind of trying to compare it to some of the other movies that are left, and I'm like, okay, well, like, Dallas Buyers Club has more than, like, a pair of good performances, and like, got a lot of critical praise and approval, but, like, Girl Interrupted has a plethora of decent performances as well. Probably my favorite Angelina Jolie performance, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, Fight Club's cast is great. I feel like Mr. Nobody's kind of starting to look like a weak link, but if it's a favorite, I'd be fine putting Girl Interrupted here. I'm okay if uh, uh, Mr. Nobody goes next. I don't think it should go below 
or, or yeah, below Girl Interrupted. I think the rest of these movies are better than Mr. Nobody, just objectively. Um, I think that if we're doing Jared Leto justice, I think it should go higher because this is his list. Um, but just like overall movies, uh, the rest of them are better than Mr. Nobody. Yeah, I could see it going over Dallas Buyers Club for the same reason as like Requiem for a Dream, where it's like, I don't really know if I can just throw that movie on mr nobody has a lot of existential themes and things but like it's still not like too heavy of a watch you know like yeah that's true dallas buyers club is not like something your mom watches while she's cooking dinner it's like a movie everyone sits around and cries at i just don't know if that's like (laughs) maybe it's just like my taste or whatever but i'd rather have something enjoyable on no you're right it's too heavy to just like throw on it's it's definitely something that you have to be in the mood to watch whereas mr nobody you could just kind of throw on and then every now and again look over and be like oh hey some weird fucking shit's happening that's cool josh alden what do you guys think uh probably mr nobody goes next i yeah i'm kind of thinking the same thing fight club american psycho dallas buyers club and blade runner 2049 we sound very toxic and masculine right now i think Dallas Buyers. Perfect. <laughs> now we've got the three film bro movies left. Fight Club, American really Psycho, is. and Blade Runner 2049. Honestly, the whole reason we're doing this episode was to fight these three movies head to head. I think it's Fight Club. Fight Club goes next. I agree, actually. Yeah, I'm, yeah that's fine. Jared Leto is not in it as much as like... That's good. That's a very good thing. Best part. It's, it's a good thing, but also... He doesn't actually have a whole lot to do either. Like it's it's a great movie, one of the best movies on this list. If we're doing it, if we're doing the movies and Jared Leto justice, it shouldn't it shouldn't go any higher than this. It, it deserves its height because of its 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 being a good movie. To kind of segue into the next thing, that's why Blade Runner twenty forty nine can't win. No, yeah, I wait a minute, wait. A minute. <laughs> All right, American Psycho versus Blade Runner twenty forty nine. What do you guys think? American Psycho, I think, should win this. I think there's less Jared Leto in Blade Runner, and that's why it should win. Jared Leto in Blade Runner is like bad to the point where it's the worst part of the movie and Jared Leto in American Psycho is far from the worst. It may be the worst part of the movie but it's still not ruining the movie. It, not that it ruined the movie but it's just so obviously the worst part of the movie that we have discussed like every time Blade Runner 2049 is brought up. We don't get that with American Psycho. American Psycho is just a mid-supporting actor. I don't know if you guys are going to agree with this take but um, I think that American Psycho is not only a better movie than Blade Runner 2049, I also think that Jared Leto's performance is obviously better than it is in 2049. So on both fronts, the movie's better and his performance is better. I, I don't really think this is much of a comp- competition, as much as I love Blade Runner, and I am a, a defender of his performance in it. American Psycho's better on all fronts, so... Um, that's why it should be number one. Yeah, I actually agree with everything you just said. Same. <laughs> I think part of that, too, is, like, Blade Runner 2049 is going for an entirely different thing than, like, American Psycho. Like, American Psycho is, like, a book adaptation and is... It doesn't commit too heavily to any specific, like, style in terms of its, like, score and its cinematography. Whereas, like, it, what, what essentially makes American Psycho a great movie is the acting and the writing. And what makes... Blade Runner 2049 a great movie is the production design, the cinematography, and the music. It has nothing to do with the right. I think the writing of Blade Runner 2049 is, like, fine. The acting is, like, half the characters are ex- expressionless robots. It's not necessarily good performances anywhere in that movie. But that's not what it's going for. Right, exactly. They're just trying to achieve different things. But if it weren't for the, uh 
like amount of violence, I don't know anyone who wouldn't like American Psycho. Like, I know that's kind of the whole point of the movie, but like besides that, it's a very accessible movie and it's like the acting across the board is great. I love all those takes with Willem Dafoe and they have take as him delivering it with a different level of uh, certainty that uh, Patrick Bateman is the killer and then they're like spliced together in the final version of the movie and it's really interesting how totally different each line delivery is in certain scenes from Willem Dafoe. I also like the the aesthetics that the movie does have. It leans into that 80s like uh, vibe very well and they recreate a lot of like really cool like apartments and decors, stuff like that. Like the Les Mis poster on the wall and shit like that. Alden, what's your final defense for Blade Runner 2049 being better than American Psycho? Um, my Batman is in it. Oh, Ryan Gosling? Yeah. I feel like it's it's three to one. I don't have much to say. Which would you rather watch, though? American Psycho or Blade Runner 2049? Because I feel like I could watch Blade Runner 2049 almost any day. I kind of have to be in a mood for American Psycho. Like, I like watching that movie around Halloween time. That's That was an interesting wording you used there, Nate. Why? I have to be in a certain mood to watch American Psycho. If you want to get if you want to get Nate in the mood, you turn on American Psycho. <laughs> what are you guys doing to me right now? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> the roast session of Nate tonight. Look at Porosky standing back there. We were supposed to be roasting Jared Leto, not me. You're not Jared Leto? No, I'm not Jared Leto. <laughs> you know, Nate's career is very similar to Jared Leto actually. He was in a band. He's got some acting credits. He uh he has a cult. I have a cult? The Church of the Good Neighbor. You've, we've walked by it. Yeah, what do you think we are? <laughs> yeah, what do you think we're doing right now? No, I'm having an existential crisis anyway. Well, Nate, well, Nate Method Nate method acts in real life. Like, it's the sociopath tendency. Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Why am I getting hurt? This is my show! <laughs> this is my show, damn it. You know how much I've sacrificed? <laughs> I'll watch a thousand Jared Leto movies before I let this podcast die. I won't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here it is. The top 29 Jared Leto movies. Number 29, Black and White. 28, Saul Good. 27, Morbius. 26, Basil. 25, Alexander. 24, The Little Things. 23, The Outsider. 22, House of Gucci. 21, Panic Room. 20, Chapter 27. 19, Suicide Squad. 18, Lonely Hearts. 17, Sunset Strip. 16, The Last of the High Kings. 15, Zack Snyder's Justice League. 14, How to Make an American Quilt. 13, Prefontaine. 12, Urban Legend. 11, Lord of War. 10, Switchback. 9, Highway. 8, The Thin Red Line. 7, Requiem for a Dream. 6, Girl Interrupted. 5, Mr. Nobody. 4, Dallas Buyers Club. 3, Fight Club. 2, Blade Runner. And 1, American Psycho. And number 0, The Good Neighbor, a Nate Martin story starring Jared Leto, coming soon. And this is Matt Smith forever what <laughs> dude i'm still pissed that they spelled lucius with an x ew jared leto has a number of projects coming up soon uh what do you think's gonna be good there <laughs> his tv show looks good he's got that tv show that's running right now that people seem to like sakula will be the first man in line for that untitled joker project oh yeah no i'll buy my tickets a year in advance i have a question for uh alden now i asked the question before about the actor swapping would you put jared leto in any movie role. Batman. My instincts say no, 
but I'm trying to think if there is something. I, I've got a take. I want to hear it. Spider-Man 3, he could have been Venom. He would have been better than uh, Topher Grace. For Spider-Man 3, I get what Sam Raimi was trying to go for. I don't know if he would have fit the vibe, though. Like, yes, I agree, but not... I get what Sam Raimi was trying to go for with Topher Grace. He just wanted another Tobey Maguire, like another loser. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it's not Eddie Brock, but I understood what he was going for. Yeah, Sam Raimi was Sam Raimi about it. <laughs> I want Jared Leto to replace Morgan Freeman and Shawshank. Oh, God. That was the worst take in the history of this show. I know it was a joke, but dear God. You're whitewashing on this show? <laughs> What if Jared Leto replaced Ezra Miller as the Flash? <laughs> He's way too old. This man's 55. Yeah, but we're about to have a Flashpoint movie. I don't know if that's really an issue. Yeah, like an alternate universe Flash? Oh, what about Reverse Flash? Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay, live action Crimson Chin starring Jared Leto. He doesn't have a chin. He would not work. Have you seen that interview, Sekula, where he talks about Morbius and he's like, yeah, the multiverse is now open? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't think he even knows what he's talking about. No, he never does. He's he's constantly high on Valium. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Duel of the Takes. Thanks for watching or listening or both. Bye. Goodbye, Alden. Bye. <laughs>